Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a DLF podcast. Um, this week continues our conversation with Travis from last week. I swear I'm not milking it. It's just I can't find a way of cutting it down to fewer episodes. So we're going to talk to Travis. We're going to finish up talking about Addison versus JSN. Also Josh Downs who was difficult to drag ourselves away from. Um, But then we're going to talk about running back and the main running back prospects from the 2023 class. Travis is going to fill us in on some of the background, some of his opinions on what they did. Um, And then we'll put an embarrassingly small amount of effort into tight end. Next week, we're going to wrap up with quarterbacks. And after that, it's time to bring in a special guest to talk about the metrics or analytics side of prospect evaluation because let's face it we're all bored of me talking about it and then we'll i know get zach back on here to tell us about the film i guess hopefully he will have caught up on most of the prospects by then as well um and we'll start getting really excited about rookies anyway hope you're enjoying it let me know what you think thanks very much to travis and you guys do you have the time to listen to me grind take down the film watchers and there's a man rate you higher than the guy who did you know three really good above average years even though that was really incredible on addison's part and even playing through injury at times this year um and an, an absurd year too uh but uh yeah I don't, I don't know i i again i don't have many knocks on addison either i'm just saying he's not quite to the oh my goodness he's going to be a generational type um it's played. it's uh He's not a Jedi thing. He is not. I mean, a I'm Jedi. not going to disagree. I just, as someone yes. who does not know, I like to know. Yeah, <laughs> but but just some background, and some people probably, if you play Debbie leagues or anything like that, you probably already know this. But it was, Addison was such a, an odd one because he had the pedigree. He was a four star, but he was a four star mm-hmm. athlete, not a just exclusively a wide receiver. So we didn't even know in the spring, like, is he going to play wide receiver or is he going to play safety? Um, but he got to pit, and the coaches were like, uh, "That's a hell of a best. mix. A wide receiver and a sa- like safety is a bangers, right?" Am oh yeah, I but like in, in high school though, stuff right it, ma- it makes sense though. If you if you really follow like like high school like football and like the best athlete on the team, coaches just like Dude, yeah, yeah, just yeah, get back there, play center field, just make some picks, and then also play offense because you're way better than anyone anyone else we have. Uh, so just catch the ball and oh, run past okay. people, you know. So like he. Right, right. He was just, he showed up from day one and was faster, more agile, uh, explosive than anyone they had. And they're like, yeah, you're not doing that defense thing. We just need to score some points. And, um, <laughs> and you know, three, like three games in a row, uh, his, I think he had seven catches in a row to, to kick off his college career. And I'm like, oh, so that's at least a two wide receiver. <laughs> like, like today, like I remember like having a conversation on the, the College Canton podcast with Matt Wispay and. And Which you should definitely go. check out, by the way, if anyone listens to this still. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> an awesome podcast. Yeah, man. But uh, we were just doing like a mock draft, like a crazy early future. And I was like, yeah, right, right now, minimum day two. There's no way. There's no way this this crazy, incredible, has the pedigree, is going to have an absurd, uh, you know, true freshman breakout season, top 10 in the past 10 years type stuff look, looking player. Um uh, there's no way he's not at least a day two pick, and that's where we are. And he's probably going to be a first round pick now. And so the, it, it's become predictive, uh, pretty predictable when you see that player break out. That it's like the floor is now pick ninety, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the ceiling is also pick, you know, ten. 
Yeah, and I could just keep running you through names here. Like Josh Downs is someone that's really interesting to me. Ju- Julian Fleming, I want to know why he, one, basically didn't play and two, was basically uh, wasn't on the field a lot either when he was playing. And yet is from a team that I think accounts for the most wide receiver draft picks in the top three rounds in the NFL over the last 10 years. So he's probably going to get some kind of draft capital, I guess. Oh, yeah. By the way, wide receiver U is Ohio State. Like oh yeah, it is now yeah, and it has yeah. been, and it has been even yeah. before then. Like dating back to not eighties, nineties, even like <laughs> like it's it was then, it is now, it will always be. Uh, Why receive you? Yeah, and LSU is close, but it's still Ohio State. Sorry, well, LSU. And I say that I, I went to Purdue. I, I went to Purdue by the way. I hate Ohio State, but they're wide receiver you. Your Purdue guys. Are- Travis, if I can make this an X-rated podcast for a minute, I'm sorry, but I like I've liked both of the last two Purdue wide receivers, and yeah. both like I mean they haven't been bad. I'm not gonna say that, but I'm I'm holding some L's here because of Purdue, and they got capital. Purdue. That's and, all you can ask for. So no, and again, I don't think they performed bad when on the field. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's, now, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um. That's where I'm going to pivot to because I do have to admit that other positions exist. Uh, I, I, I have no questions about JSN and Jordan Addison. If they're not nope. one and two for you, then they're two and one. I don't honestly don't really care about the order. I do like the idea of having a Jedi. Um, yeah. But Addison's like, seriously, no notes is like, I always have something to say, but I've got nothing to say. And that's kind of as good as I can say chase prospect or not like i i have no i i want nothing else you did it yeah good job kid go in the first yeah. round and let's get to it um and i again, guess the only top name we didn't really talk about you you mentioned it was josh josh downs though and then really we can and then we can we can admit other positions that exist after that but i really like downs like he's he's a lot of fun like he didn't do almost he's, anything his freshman year right but he shows up at the end of the year has a really good like strong bowl game and we're like okay Okay. And then he shows up last year and is basically the entire offense because like 5,000 yards, this is not exaggeration, like 5,000 yards left the offense from the previous year's offense. And yes, we can talk about, um, we don't need to get into, you know, replacement targets or whatever, but I mean, there was a lot of opportunity available for downs and he just excelled and dominated and teams knew that he was going to get the ball 10, 11 times targeted per game. And they're just like, okay, well, we can't stop him. That's cool. Yeah, like 40% of receiving yards at age 20 and 30% of the touchdowns. Like, mm-hmm. whether they're yeah. a talent or not, at some point you yeah. admit that something's going on there. Yeah. I, I love the fact it's... you have to quantify, I wasn't exaggerating there. I oh. said 5,000 yards. Next year, 30% of yards and 36% of t- Like, no drop-off. Mm-hmm. And 20 and 21 is not scary, especially when you didn't play that much 18 and 19. It's like right, because you're, he had two NFL wide receivers yeah. ahead of him. Yeah. Like and yeah. they're not great, but like they're going to have the snap and the targets because they're old. Like they were, they were, the, they were the upperclassmen. That's just how most offenses work when they have NFL talent on the team. And that's like, he interests me a lot because he's someone I, once I've got a certain number of names and this is not a good bias, I encourage other people I have, I'm like, it's too much. We're being too greedy. And so, like, a downs is someone that I would dismiss because I've just got too many things to think about already, but just <laughs> kind of pops off the yeah. page. He like, really does. And I was like, I was expecting to find something I'd be like, oh, I, I can wave that away and let ADP handle it. 
But Downs looks seriously good. And I don't hear, you know, I miss a JSN, the Jordan Addison, people deciding whether Quinton Johnson is the second coming or uh, Jalen Hyatt can be DK Metcalf, apparently. that's uh, Some people are making that comparison, not me, obviously. <laughs> some um, people. <laughs> <laughs> but Downs looks like that's a guy, man. I, I think, um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I want to pivot because that's one cool. and two uh, – no, I, I would love to talk to Dan's if you have something you want to say and point out to him because I, I need to learn more about all these players. So no, he's really good. He's going to be a slot. He's going to separate and embarrass people every every game, and he checks virtually every uh, meaningful production metric that we like to see, uh, whether yeah. it's peak or average or anything through any lens. So, and if anything, hitting the—I uh, don't want to go off because I really haven't dug in too much, but I think hitting those marks as what you described as a slot, I think that's slightly more impressive, especially mm-hmm. in college when you've yep. got so much high, so much high variance play in general, I get the impression like there are five touchdown games fairly regularly and you know, 40, 40% of the offense while not being specifically role played into those type of like, that's, it's pretty impressive, man. It really is. Um, and you can get them right now, like pick 15 in, in and that's the thing after. because all these other players have been talked about so much. I think yeah. he's, He's in danger of being the Chris Godwin or the Cooper Cup mm-hmm. drafted in the second round of rookie drafts. Yep. And it's like, there's no reason to. Like, seriously, no. That's pretty cool. Um, Anyway, but yeah, like the wide receivers, especially those first two, are so strong. And I think, honestly, Downs is looking like my third. But um, since you like him too, I like I can go, oh, a tape guy likes him. I don't have to worry about someone explaining why his hands don't work. Got it. <laughs> and um, they do. Because <laughs> I can't answer that. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what his hands do. I've never seen the man. But, um, like, how deep... Bajon Robinson is the story of this draft class, though. And i got two wide receivers I do not want to pass over. So they're not chase prospects, which is by no means a ding. No. Um, Jordan... There's a way of starting it. Bajon Robinson and Superflex. Do you take him one on one? I do, uh, and that's that's reasons are twofold. One being he is really freaking good, uh, simply put. He's really good, and he's really freaking good. And two it is <clears throat> that's what the market says you should do because most likely everyone in your league really, really, really wants him, and perhaps more than any other player in the draft. Um, and I, you know, you know, I have run like that rookie poll mock thing. You've, you've retweeted some of the stuff. And like every year I run these polls to just gauge early consensus. And it's funny, like not every year is it that we see just a, a standout, like obvious, uh, you know, 1.01 first pick in the draft. But uh, this year he took down, even with two quarterbacks that I think most people are pretty confident in and, and Bryce Young and CJ Stroud uh, in that same poll with him. Uh, he took down almost 75% of the votes with like 2,200 votes on the poll. Like, 75% of people are like, yes, Bijan in Superflex? Yeah, sign me up, Bijan, first pick. And so that's another yeah. reason. That's the thing. That's, it strikes me. I'm not a quarterback profiler. Like, I deliberately avoid it at this point. But if I were to – like, you can't get two at least solid to above average profiles better than Young and Stroud just based on early looks. Like, I'm like, okay, they look pretty decent. Two quarterbacks is, like, pretty good quarterback class in general. Both neither coming, f- and you don't have to guess whether they're in it. Their sixty percent completions percentage is just a product of the fact they wrote. Like that's not a red flag on them. They're both coming from mm-hmm. well drafted conferences. They scored well. Their accuracy and see, they all look decent. And yet, still, the running back. 
It's a really yeah. weird top of the class, especially in Superflex, because you got to take those two quarterbacks. I do not want to miss taking one of those two, at least one of those two wide receivers. And Bajorn Robinson should be drafted above all of them. It's almost like, Peter, two or three years ago, we saw this class and we're like, yeah, this is silly. If they all, if they, if they all uh, declare, this is going to be dumb. And it's looking like it's really, really good. I wish someone was out there doing that. It'd be I nice if someone gave us that a warning. Years. Man. Instead of just waiting right now to start oh. their work like a lazy person. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's and that's what's fun. Like it, you know, we're not always right, but I think the community's gotten a lot better and like we've seen, like, especially running back. It's like, oh yeah, two years from now, that one sucks. Uh that one's good. And uh this one's good. I will and I'm gonna keep doing this. I don't care how much Zachary trolls me. Like the trades I get asked about are trading into the one eight, the one ten, and I'm like, you, like it's a really strong top five in this class. It looks like yeah. like like no no like you just want them, and especially in Superflex top five, um, and there's some really good prospects off of that. Like I say, Josh Downs looks fascinating to me, um, and he might be a second round pick this year. But there's a lot of there's there's a steep tear drop off in terms of expectations for fantasy at least they're not mm. all jsn that's why we want them so much mm. and so like from the five to the 12 i think you're still entering first round bust cat like there's going to be some busts there at least just strong disappointment just because somebody's going to take true um, true it, it, it doesn't sound gibbs. like right it doesn't sound yeah. like you are necessarily um through the roof on gibbs necessarily or uh I like yeah i like gibbs as well but you know somebody's going to take gibbs Somebody's going to take Johnson, Johnston rather, and um, and it, it is that uh, like in the data that I've been pulling off of the poll mocks that I do every year that I've, this, I can't believe this is the eighth year that I've been doing that um, with. And by the way, it's cool because like there's like twelve thousand votes or something crazy on all, all this stuff, so it's it's pretty fun. But it's a decent sample size anyway. So meaningful takeaways is what I'm saying. Um, but like after, so you got like B. John Robinson is he's going first. And then there's a huge drop off to Bryce Young, and then there's a huge drop off to CJ Stroud, and in terms of consensus, that is. And then there's a big drop off to Jameer Gibbs and JSN right next to each other. And then there's another tier break. It's crazy how confident people are already. By the way, another tier break includes Quentin Johnson and Jordan Addison. And then there's another huge drop all the way to the two other quarterbacks that no one knows what to do with, and Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson and Will Levis. And then there's another one. After pick nine, where there's this this huge tier that includes Keishon Boutte, Zach Evans, Sean Tucker, Zach Charbonnet, Michael Mayer, the tight end one, Josh Downs, Tank Bigsby. So there's a, I would love to be at that one two turn because I feel like I can't miss in, in that range. <laughs> um, yeah, crazy year. If only when someone had been one list for three years. Um, what was I talking about? Running backs. Yeah, I do like Gibbs. That's where I was going to say. Like, I, I don't think there's people are going to talk Bijan Robinson to death in Dynasty, and I'm assuming they've already talked him to death in Devi. So I don't want to belabor the point too much. Like, he's not a no notes player. He's I've got notes, and let me tell you about how great they are. Like, like right. this is good player. <laughs> like, um, and again, end of the first year after Saquon Barkley's rookie year, you literally could have traded him for the equivalent of Patrick Mahomes. Like if you're worried about quarterback and super flex, like I honestly think after the first year, given no injuries, assuming the draft isn't like he falls for some ridiculous reason, which I really don't think is going to happen, obviously, because yeah. I'm saying it won't like he's going to be worth top five quarterback money. 
And so, yeah, I, I, I right now I'm leaning towards putting them at 101 uh, at Superflex as well. Gibbs is also an excellent prospect, though, and kind of more of a receiver, I get the impression. Again, I haven't looked into the running backs near enough. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking I mean, for like, you to give me benchmarks here. No, I mean, seriously, though, like, I, well, I wrote a base. We love to see, like, that final season um, hmm. receiving yard yeah. market share, like, the, like a percentage of your team's receiving yards, like above 10%, you know? And that's really conservative. Like, if you want, like, a truly, like, difference-making uh, receiving option, probably a little bit higher threshold than 10%. But um, but that's good, right? So 10%, cool, great. Bijan Robinson was, like, 12%, which is good. That's more than good enough. Well, you double that, and then you have the peak season of, of Jameer Gibbs, which was, like, 23% receiving our market share. Uh, that didn't come at Alabama, uh, but he had a really good marks at Alabama. But he was, like, basically the entirety of the offense – at Georgia Tech because he was just this unreal talent and he was the best recruit Georgia Tech's ever going to pull either. So um, he was a top 100 overall recruit in his class. I think he was running back seven or eight, uh, but had he gone to a different school, he probably would have been higher, <laughs> uh, but he went to Georgia Tech. And so, because uh, that's yeah, slightly, that's how things work. Uh, but yeah, uh, he is a very good receiving back. And uh, I think people don't give him enough credit as a runner. Um, yeah, he's someone. He's one of those prospects that registers for wide receiver stats as a running back. It's like, yeah. wait, that's really throwing my. De- Should you stop, stop that, Mister Gibbs? And again, I don't know why my numbers are different, but the ones I got using um, Sports Football Reference, whatever it's called now, SFR stats. He's got like ninety percent of teams receiving yards at age nineteen, thirteen percent at age twenty, but he's like a twelve percent target share based on that new stuff that I just found both yeah. years. Like and that's that's phenomenal. Again, yeah uh, Bajon Robinson has good target share, but like one year with double digits and that's normally yeah. exceptional. Yards after contact per attempt is a PFS that I got into um for running backs in the NFL and they've got it for college and yeah, both really solid. But John Robinson is like 4.7. He's insane. Um, but Gibbs is still like 3.3. He's a, he looks like a pretty decent runner. His elusiveness rating is like 90, uh, 90%. I forget the there. PFF. He doesn't there. believe in decimals, but yeah, no, it's pretty good. But John Robinson elusiveness rating is 173. Just got to throw that one out there. Um, so I think Gibbs, like that brings us to like a top six that you should probably not miss. Um, but uh, the third guy that comes up for me is uh, Devin Arcane, who you've basically told me is like four foot tall, I think. Previously. You would think that He's the tiny. people that are, uh, you know, his, th- that aren't his fans, you would think that they assume he's four foot tall, 100 pounds, which I think that might be actually an okay BMI. I'm not sure, but... <laughs> no, he's he's probably he's, he's like five nine, and I think uh, some people are concerned because he um, he's been listed at like one eighty five or something like that for most of his career. Uh, but that's mainly, I, and I don't want to just you know say it doesn't matter because that's that's disingenuous. That, that's that's not true. Um, but I will say that it, it, it's because he's got a you know near Olympic kind of track aspirations and, and career uh, going, and he has had that for a long time, and so. He runs track and he is a sub 10.2 second, 100 meter type speed. So um, if he decides to come in at the combine and he's 185, then we're going to have a new record holder at the 40 yard dash um, this year. But if he decides to add some weight, he'll still run a 4.3 and be just fine. So I I would imagine he probably gets above 190. 
Uh, he doesn't get all the way to 200. And so people nitpick that, but he blows people away at the 40. But the people who already had a problem with him prior to uh, the combine will still have a problem with him because he doesn't meet the weight threshold that they like to see. But his numbers, despite his size, are just straight up absurd. Like they're, they're silly numbers when you look at his backfield dominator rating, his uh, receiving productions, his like yards per team play, um, like just about every measure that you want to look at in terms of running back production. He's incredible. Like in prior to this year, he was averaging like eight yards per touch. Like it was, it was insane. Uh, and so he was clearly the most explosive and better running back of the two when compared to his former teammate in Isaiah Spiller. And people just didn't want to see the truth. But he's mm-hmm. going to be a day two pick this year, despite his size. And if people like James Cook last year and this year, why not like a player who's better at literally everything? That's fair. Um, no, I actually, right now he's ranking, not ranking, but uh, he's coming up as the third most productive relative to, and again, he's got the dominator to your point. Like he has a fairly similar peak or uh, the max dominator, the opportunity percentage is actually what I'm looking at. Shouldn't make yeah. my terms. Way up there. Um, and like I'm listing after Bajoran Robinson with 2.7. And the stat I use for running backs primarily is adjusted yards per team attempt, which is just you double the receiving yards per game just to give that little boost to the receivers. And it's something that uh, Anthony Amico told me to do. So I was getting frustrated with running back stats just not working. And he's just like, use this. And I've continued to use it because Anthony told me to, and it works. Um, But like Devin's at 2.4, which is still pretty interesting. The two others that stand up in that stat to me, um, it's like Zach Wine, as I'm going to call him, because I'm not saying Charbonnet for the rest of my life. I'm just not doing it. (laughs) It's like Zach Um, Wine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, he's got a pretty decent dominant opportunity percentage, which is like 32%, which means he was the main, uh, like a heavy volume running back mm-hmm. of an offense, at least uh, that main year. Uh, 2.8 adjusted yards per team attempt. I haven't dug into him a lot. I think he's less of a receiver than the other what, three we've talked about, but still um, must be running pretty well if that's yeah. the case. Uh, and then, like, I want it to be Tank because his name is Tank and he looks decent but he doesn't hit the peaks that I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And Deuce Vaughn. Can we pause it? Can we pause the tank real quick though? Cause like, yeah, yeah. I want to go back. I'm, yeah, I'm listing names that you to tell me about. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Not only does he have a really cool name, like his real name is Cartavius, but he's I mean, like, that's not cool enough. I'm going to be tank. Uh, and so, God dang. yeah, but two of the coolest uh, names uh, I've ever heard. Cartavius <laughs> tank Bigsby. Wow. <laughs> so Yeah. But anyway, he, he has three really good seasons, not great seasons, but really good seasons. Like, and people want to talk about him being inefficient or whatever. Auburn has been a dumpster fire. And when I say dumpster fire, I mean, if I was an actual offensive skill position player, it is the last power five school I would probably choose in all of college football. Um, and no, no, I, that would have been the case last year. Hugh Freeze will do some good things this year, despite whatever he decides to do off the field. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a, abysmal, atrocious, embarrassing. Um, Harson had no interest in offensive philosophy whatsoever um, and had no interest in recruiting, had no interest in, in competing for any top players whatsoever. Bigsby almost left because he was so pissed. Um, and, and so, yeah, good on him, I guess, for sticking around for one more year, but uh, he he, yeah, but you know, he was a top 40-ish kind of player coming out of high school. Um, and I, I, I wanted to actually rate him over B. John Robinson um, at times. I, I, I flip-flopped really? them 
those two coming into the process um, as a fresh, as a freshman. And, uh, you know, he was a, a Debbie favorite for a long time. And so I think he, there's no reason he should be, I mean, he's definitely in the, in the top seven. If you have anybody, if anybody has him outside the top seven, you can immediately stop listening to anything they're saying, but. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm changing it. Okay. Travis. Yeah. Jesus. But, but <laughs> I'm just saying, because like, yes, he's not going to have the peaks because. Um, so you think what fire. people should do when looking at his numbers or watching the tape is a, take into account his situation. That's always the crappiness of like, it sucks, you, you shouldn't do it for every player, but no. running back, it's so much of a unit position. I think it's much, yeah. I think that's why running back statistics sometimes have such a hard trouble. Even in the NFL, it's like you depend on at least seven other guys, every play. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I, I thought I was, no, you're good, man. I could just talk about tank. I mean, I, I it's sadly, I keep going. I like no, it. it's, it's, it's just frustrating because, like, we I, there was so much to get excited about because Brian Harson had, for I think seven plus years in a row, uh, on average, given twenty three plus touches per game to his feature back, and then decides to just screw around and break an entire offense. And you know, I, I was I was hopeful for you know double the, the output uh, the past two seasons, and that just didn't come to fruition because um, the whole team was busted. But, yeah. Somewhat of a sleeper then, and again, do you think that mostly? Well, you don't know, but I, I hope some of that gets accounted for in the draft. Because if people tanks profile, <laughs> I like saying that could be fixed a lot by getting higher draft capital or a good landing spot, especially if the tape is telling people the talent was there and it was a situation. That's interesting. Yeah, so, and I will say, um, as much as mock draft signal this time of year uh, is, can be taken with a heavy, heavy grain of salt. Um, most recent trans in the last week, cause I do update and monitor week over week. Cause I have time now. Um, he is trending upwards and it looks like he's almost assuredly in the day two range, despite what some people had worries about, um, maybe a month or two ago. And so if he does get, let's say late round two capital, what would that do for hmm. you? Just like for your modeling, like how big of a difference would that make in draft capital, investing? Draft capital literally made, Clyde Edwards Hilaire competitive for the 101. <laughs> so yeah, it does a lot. Draft capital matters. Didn't make that mistake, just to clarify and remind. Yeah, me. I did not, by the way, but either. Yeah. Thank goodness. Holy cow. God damn. I, I didn't get to draft either that year. Like how was <laughs> by the way, just sidebar, how is like Clyde Edwards Hilaire not even been active on game day? Like <laughs> I don't know. Because the one thing I was pretty sure of about Clyde oh, Edwards Hilaire was that he was a good football player. Teams liked him, the coaching staff. That yeah. seemed to be pretty consistent from college to the NFL, if you know what I mean. Like the team was mm -hmm. like, Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He's not Jonathan Taylor, but I mean he's a good guy to have on the field. Yeah. And yeah, now they're just like, I'm sick of this. I don't know. I think it's like you know, you have a really cool name, Clyde. Clyde Edwards. That's <laughs> it is pretty cool. Yeah, a really cool, cool name. Um, but you know, we like this guy who misspells Isaiah. Well, we're gonna go with him. Yeah, fair enough. And Pacheco's been uh, phenomenal, actually. Yeah, been fun. Um, and God bless him. Went to Rutgers. That dude. Oh my gosh! One of my favorite stat lines in all of football history is Art Sitkowski. Uh, <laughs> which so that's a quarterback, by the way, for, for Rutgers back in the day. Uh, Pacheco's yep. freshman year, fun stat. He Sitkowski, Art Sitkowski, threw four touchdowns to eighteen interceptions, and Isaiah, <laughs> and Isaiah Pacheco 
was like, yeah, I'm going to stick around for this. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> yeah. I know about this. What? Oh, man. Loyalty. Um, Jeez. All right. Uh, off the top of your head, is there any other running backs that I should be aware of or anyone should look at that kind of problem? Because, again, I don't think it's something I have – not, not on my numbers or spreadsheets highlight tank problem. That Bigsby is getting hurt by the situation. Yeah, a tank problem because uh, that's Zach just Evans. something you can know. Zach, Zach Evans for sure. Okay. I mean, like for different reasons. He was so okay. Back to even when he was a recruit. So I was probably quoted in audio and probably written Man, for him. He looks bad. Yeah. Yeah. Fair so enough. I was probably quoted at, in numerous places as saying, "Man, if he hits, he could be the next Nick Chubb." Like he was that kind of guy. Like he was for maybe three years. um, He was actually rated higher than Bijan Robinson in that class from uh, recruiting services. Uh, But what happened was he was a super weird drama queen when it came to uh, like committing to his school kind of backed out. It was in wishy-washy and it was prior to an era where that's kind of more accepted now for top tier players to, to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, so much so he didn't even have a team like into April uh, before he like he was not committing. And like we were like, where is he going to go? Like he's like, this is odd. Um, and he chooses TCU, which, by the way, like I, I can't remember if this is still a stat, but for a good while, a TCU running back had not scored a single PPR point in the NFL. I think since LaDainian Tomlinson left the league, I think until at least last year, and that may still be the case that. Uh, yeah, it's it's been really bad for TCU running back. So it was odd that he chose that destination. Um, and then he was, again, it was just some rubbed the team wrong, missed some time. Um, they finally gave him a feature workload in 2021, and then he got hurt. Um, and then transfers, and we think, oh, he's going to go to Ole Miss, and he's going to have this perfect opportunity. He's in Lane Kiffin, Kiffin's offense. It's going to be awesome. Uh, huge production incoming. And then a true freshman outproduces him this year. Uh, and so we're like, huh. But like when he's on the field, like he's so good. Like he's really efficient. Like he's still that runner. What the heck, dude? Um, and so maybe he's a head case. I don't know. Like I don't, that's, that's the hard part. Uh, like we don't, there's smoke and has been smoke for his whole career that that might be the case. Um, but I just don't know. I, I can't definitively say that that's the case. But when he does run and when he is on the field, he, he does really well with his opportunity. But at the same time, like he's shared workloads with future undrafted free agents at TCU. Uh, he pissed off every team that tried to recruit him, uh, except for a team that nobody even thought he would go to in the process coming into college. And then a true freshman, which by that by the way, that true freshman is going to be a first round pick. But he still got benched by a true, true freshman this year uh, from time to time. So there are questions, but there's con- there's some context that says, Okay, but he's ridiculously good, though. <laughs> and so that's hard. That's interesting. It's the type of player, I think, um, again, when you're watching and you see these kind of things, you can't, you want to peer at numbers and look at certain efficiency or performance stats and say, you see, it's right here. But I think that actually hurts because then you find that on a player that doesn't have that on tape performance and it doesn't work. So I think that's just going to be a thing we have to know. So I'm glad I asked. Um, yeah, anyone else that stands out I should know that just is better than maybe potentially. Yeah, Some I mean, those are the brings. big ones because they're, they're metric profiles. If you care about that kind of thing at the running back position, like suck. you said, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be 
kind of a mess. And so I think it stands out that Tank is in one of the like he doesn't look bad. Don't mm. get me wrong. Just based on my like again, dominant opportunity and decent, if not hitting the average peak adjusted yards for team attempt. Like that's that's something worth noting. Um, yeah, and exactly. Zach Evans didn't do that in uh, uh, question. I will say though, if you he didn't hit that eight game threshold that you typically like to see. But in that six-game six game sample size in year two, if you look at that production, it was kind of ridiculous. He was he was on track for just an absurd season. Like through six games, he had almost 800 total yards already, and he was averaging almost eight yards per attempt. Hmm. So it's like, huh, that's interesting, right? Like he was averaging almost eight yards per touch career prior to this year. Running backs that stand out, I'm kind of at an end. Is that bad? It. I'm not that there aren't other good numbers here. Well, like, you, uh, and you already said a chain. Like uh, that's the, the we've covered the seven. Like Sean Tucker, though. I mean, well, actually, no. Yeah, we didn't mention Sean Tucker. What are your thoughts no, on no. him? I haven't had many. Uh, I haven't looked at him at all. Um, Two point six adjusted yards for team attempt, which is good. Thirty four percent opportunity peak. Um, opportunity percentage. Both of those numbers are good. I don't know why I haven't noticed him before. Probably because. Zero percent of top three running backs have come from his team. I'm guessing he comes yeah, from Syracuse. Is, is uh, Syracuse is weird? Like they, they, um, I, I can't remember how many years it was that they went without having, and that might still be going. I don't know how it's it's a ridiculous, it's an embarrassing streak for a power five team to not have any offensive skill position players, even in drafts inside the round uh, three. So it was like well over a decade uh, for a while, and it may still be going on now. Uh, but Tucker may uh may change that um mock drafts are all over the place on him like he's been as high as like pick 40 41 42 like that range but then he'll go like in like the 120 130 140 and some people's mm-hmm. mocks i'm like that's so odd the inconsistency but then the the fantasy community uh by comparison is very bullish on him like in that uh that poll mock that i i do with you know the thousands of votes and whatnot um like he comes in and let's see where, where he is right now. I think he actually finished. He was the 1.12. Yeah, 12th pick. So he's a late first rounder, according to the fantasy community. And uh, I believe the running back uh, four. So fantasy community loves them from Sean Tucker. Hmm. No, he's actually showing up fairly well. I just hadn't, like I say, I haven't dug in a lot. But this is the thing. Some players, like where I don't know any uh, about college, like he's right next to a player called Blake Corum. Corum Blake or Corum, something. Yeah. Baller from um, Michigan. Okay. A lot of players will turn up that no one else will mention, and I assume they're just coming from smaller samples or from smaller places that aren't going to get a lot of interest in the draft, yeah. or they're actually next year players I haven't adjusted correctly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cor- Cor- um, gonna he came back, so he'll be he'll be a name to talk about next year for sure. Oh, he is okay. Mm-hmm. That's good to know because I have to change that. <laughs> Neat. Uh, all right, thank you. I'm, and, I'm gonna have to make note of that. Yeah, when when a, when a running back does have like three thousand plus yards. In, in two years, just raw stat wise, people love love that too. And I think that's in a power five conference, even if it was, you know, right, for right. Syracuse. Um, so yeah, right. There's there's something to be excited about with with Tucker. I'm lower than the community on him. Uh, I think I have him <clears> as my running back seven is the end of the tier that we are at now. Uh, the end of How that come? tier that we're super confident in. How come you just like the others more? Is there something in particular about Tucker? Yeah, I do like the others more. I, I, I think um, 
so it's not necessarily where... Tucker. It's the uh, that's what I'm trying to get at. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily Tucker. <laughs> it's just like okay. there are certain ap- attributes of everyone that I have ahead of him that I like more than Tucker. Whereas he's very good at most things. Um, so yeah, it, it's not like I, I am not expecting good things from him. I'm just less confident in the capital, uh, less confident in his uh, truly difference making um, top tier athleticism. I think he's requisite level and and above average even but you know it's just like it's one of those players like he's gonna he might he's not fine. impress and yeah he's fine he's fine he should hit yeah cool good talk but that that probably means i don't have any of them uh in in dynasty leagues unfortunately only get animated when someone tries to put someone uh that's not fine above him got it um i will say though you, right. you probably had to like nerf the crap out of deuce Vaughn's ratings uh just that's a player i mentioned that i don't think you noticed that i mentioned because you said seven and i think he's the guy i mentioned that doesn't account does he seem to rank in your top seven no he's standing out to me what am i missing on him well he's like, like, pretty, we, we, like he's we talked great. about HM being <laughs> tiny um like yeah you know he might actually be three and a half feet tall so uh, okay when, tiny got it yeah, yeah, yeah. imagine <laughs> like if toad from mario was a running back. <laughs> that sounds so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> why, yeah. why wouldn't you like I'm like that? Toad and Mario Kart, though, because he's, like, really fast. You know. Sorry, um, I just realized you're saying A-Chain, and uh, I've been saying Arcane. Am I saying his name wrong? I don't want Yeah, wanna... you'll hear people say it all, all sorts of ways. I've just committed to A-Chain. Uh, Fair A-Chain or A-Chain, it is Chain. Uh, but uh, A-Chain, A-Chain. Um, assuming he'll let us know if he has a preference yeah like, either like, way no, sounds pretty cool yeah yeah, like, I think, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly but uh, it is interesting though just yes yeah, you probably ha- i have to i had to when i was trying to well this is pertinent to what i do at mojo like I'm like i if i put him where the metrics say his price should be everyone yeah. will short that 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 price because it, it, <laughs> because you it's like yeah, it's like and, and what's fun is you know you've probably already heard this and you will hear if you haven't now uh you mm-hmm. will hear it a thousand times in between now and the nfl draft oh he's the next darren sproles uh and it's funny because they went to the same school they were both very 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 tiny they were both very very productive in college albeit deuce vaughn was way more productive way earlier than darren sproles um and bond's probably going to get better capital than sprawls uh, yeah um but at the same time he's five six 175 maybe um uh, so that's problematic <laughs> <laughs> that's problematic yeah okay um good to know uh gonna switch is there anyone else you want to talk about the running back position because i would not know beyond that oh man kenny mcintosh is a, he, he was a fun receiving back um if you look at his okay. measures uh he he probably checks some receiving production boxes so there's that but uh, in terms of raw, just making notes of things to look at at this point. This is awesome. Yeah. Podcast my ass. This is just me learning. Yeah, and quick, quick go at tight end because so far I, I see two players that are more likely to get draft capital and two players, and they're not the same two players that did slightly better than you would expect, just at a brief glance. Like Michael Meyer is probably going to be a talk of the town, especially based on how often that team drafts tight ends. 1.9 yards. Uh, this is actually a yards per route run. I started to use, it seems to be a little better at tight end and um, the wide receiver versus receiving yards per team pass attempt. Um, and Sam Laporta, if I'm saying that anywhere near right, might be the most likely to be drafted, I guess. But Dalton Kincaid 
um, actually has uh, a similar yards per rep run average. By the way, quick note on Laporta. Um, even yep. this past week, there I, I was listening. I listened to, I mean, nonstop. I listened to just every bit of information that I can. Uh, oh. But there are shows uh, that were acting as if Laporta was actually in this class, and it's been barely reported. But he's actually already. He, yeah, he didn't even like make a. He didn't make a big hoopla thing about it. But he is actually coming back, so he's not even in the class. So, um, but so Meyer and Kincaid seem to be the two most interesting off the top of my head. There's a, there's a Brent Kuthi, Kuth, uh anything, yeah. anything like that. Kuthi? Yeah, no, I All mean, right. I, honestly, I'm not confident. I've watched. No, I don't. I, the frustrating thing is when you watch games, you hear the announcer say it, and they're saying it wrong. Yeah. So, uh, so well, yeah. If you do, if you like conditional formatting, Michael Mayer is going to be green everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> every single column yeah every way you yeah. want to sort it he's going to be near the top and uh he's basically to me he's not going to run fast enough to be like oh my gosh this guy's crazy but like he's going to be um he's going to be zach Ertz for a really long time and uh and that's, oh okay yeah that was positive i thought you were going to say something more negative there no. i haven't been particularly interested like trey mcbride last year was more exciting to me than michael meyer is this yeah. year but but I trey mcbride yeah, which matters a little bit. Yeah, but I, Mike, yeah, Michael Mayer though, he was one of those guys that we've known was going to be a hit since he was like, I don't know, sixteen or seventeen. Like he was the tight end version of Trevor Lawrence and uh, Justin Fields, kind of. Like he was, like one of the highest rated, if not the highest rated, like tight end. Like, <laughs> like he was way, way, way up there. And so, like five star uh, tight end do really well typically. And the other tight end in this class that was in his class, but was technically an athlete designation, but was actually ended up being a tight end, um, was Darnell Washington of Georgia. That's a player that I think is drafted second among tight ends in this class. But mm. his me- his numbers are going to be like, bleh, gross, like when you look at it. Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so... Jake on the table and they on the place, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more. Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars. Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that eye like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.